Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Welcome to Here to Slay. This is Roxanne Gay, and I am joined by the one and only Tressie McMillan Cotton. <laughs> we are really excited to bring you this excerpt of our show, Here to Slay. And you can listen to full episodes by going to luminary.link slash slay. That's luminary.link slash slay. From Luminary, this is Here to Slay, the Black feminist podcast of your dreams. I am, as always, Tressie McMillan Cottom. And for some reason, I am still Roxanne Gay. (laughs) On Here to Slay, Tressie and I talk about politics and culture and the world being what it is these days. We are never, ever short of things to talk about. Listen... We are also never short of people to talk to either. And those people, it so happens, are mostly women, usually black or other women of color, because frankly, that's who we want to talk to. And how about that? A show can be done that way. You know, it can happen. It really can. And not only can (laughs) it happen, it ends up being incredibly interesting. We talk to women Mm. in arts, women in media, in politics, women who are just getting shit done. Like us. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey. Listen, talk about getting shit done. Mm -hmm. Are we doing all the shit right now or is it just me? I think we are getting all the shit done. It's uh, an interesting time. It's, you know, a a lot of times you think COVID, nothing's happening, but Uh uh, no, for those of us who work at home, it's a busy time. And I believe your semester just started. Yes, yes. You know, uh, I have a little thing called a job. Mm-hmm. really gets in the way of life, mm-hmm. coincidentally. So I don't recommend it to anyone. <laughs> I actually love my job. But yes, yeah, so I'm teaching. I've got, what, two graduate seminars this semester. We are in the midst of that wonderful time of the year if you are a Black public person. Oh, right. And that is Black History mm-hmm. Month. Yes, yes. We got it all going, Yes, honey. and you know, we actually deal yeah. with a trifecta. We have... MLK. Mm -hmm. That's right. Which makes around January 19th to 21st quite busy. And then, of course, we have Black History Month in February. Immediately followed by... Women's History Month in March. Right. So it is probably a good thing that we don't have to keep up the death watch visual (laughs) via the news, which is what we've been doing the last few months. Listen, just glued to it as we wait to see (laughs) what other thing the Cheeto tyrant might be up to and now, now that's changed, or for some of us, it hasn't. Trusty, mm-hmm. how is your relationship to the news changing? Are you still, you know, really connected? Are you still feeling that sort mm-hmm. of dread when you turn on MSNBC or CNN? It is so interesting because I would have thought that I was going to, like many people, after we saw Donald Trump recede back into the swampland of Florida. <laughs> God bless Florida. Mm-hmm. I thought, okay, I'm turning it off and I'm going to take a retreat. Not exactly what has happened. What has happened is I'm watching less national news. Mm-hmm. 
And I am cluing in to like local news. So for me, that's like my local PBS news. And then I watch News Hour. And I have found that's just enough for me to say that like I am, you know, an informed citizen, but without the angst. Like national news is very angsty. Yes. Uh, you know, I Debbie is a news watcher, and I was just about to say, has Debbie let you turn the news? Hell off? yeah! I mean, oh. she's let me turn the news off by going in a different room. Oh, okay, <laughs> that sounds more like it. <laughs> um, it's interesting though that you know we are watching the news less and with a lot less anxiety. Mm-hmm. You know, we definitely are still connected and wanting to know mm-hmm. what's going on, and. I've noticed that she's actually not watching MSNBC every day. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it is that we know that the world isn't going to fall apart today. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. with Trump, we just never knew from one day to the next whether or not things were just going to implode. And now we have a little breathing room. Mm -hmm. So what are you doing to step away from all of these politics and to just, you know, maybe enjoy life a little bit? Because I know that I think a lot of us just paused joy yeah. over the Trump years yeah. for a lot of reasons. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. What are you doing to... <laughs> you know, I forgot how to, like, get lost in anything. Like, you couldn't get mm-hmm. lost because the new, you know, the news and the pressing issues were just weighing so heavily constantly. So, for example, I could barely read. I mean, and it's my job to read, and so I would force myself to do it. But I had not been able to, like, do fiction and I don't know how long getting lost in that. So there has been a ton of reading. I've set aside time on Sunday, Sunday afternoons to sit down and just read to my heart's content, whatever I want to read. There's been a lot of that. Um, There's been a lot of escapist television, which we're so excited to talk about again. This is one of our favorite things to do on the show, and we haven't been able to do it in a long time because we couldn't afford to escape. Um, and despite not being like a huge, like auditory person, which sounds weird considering we're doing a podcast right now, uh, I've been listening to a lot. One of my favorite podcasts, by the way, Roxanne dovetails with one of my personal interests for escapism. Mm -hmm. And that is a, there are like four new country music by like non-white people on Apple Music Podcasts. So I've got a lot of country music on the brain these days lately. One, I'm writing about Dolly Parton, Mm -hmm. which I told you about. Two, I'm back home in North Carolina. And three, it's almost like it's the sonic version of a Hallmark movie for me. And listen, I'm really, really uh, over the narrative about this being white people's music because I listen to a lot of black people who do country Mm -hmm. music. I think a lot of times people want to see country music as the purview of whiteness. Uh, And I understand why, Mm -hmm. because they want to be comfortable and say, you know, we're just good old aw shucks, down home people. And this is what we do. Mm -hmm. But guess what? Black people are, too. And frankly, country music would not exist without us. It's not a window into whiteness. It's actually Mm -hmm. a genre that has historically marginalized Black talent, if not completely erased Mm -hmm. it. And uh, uh, we're going to take a little tour of uh, some Black country artists. Oh, yes. Some of my favorites. People who you you might not even think of as country, who might be more what I call country soul, what some people call Southern soul. But this is Mavis Staples, for example, who started in the 1940s. If all I was... You got C.C. Winans, as country or gospel singers you're ever going to hear. Mm-hmm. Darius Rucker, 
who recently hosted the Country Music Awards this year with Reba McIntyre. AKA Hootie. <laughs> Newcomer Jimmy Allen. Star in the making, Mickey Guyton. Badass Britney Spencer, who is so much fun. And that last one is special. That's Reese Palmer, who just so happens to be our guest this week. Yes, indeed. Reese Palmer is a Southern soul musician. Country Girl was the first song by a Black woman to chart on Billboard's country charts since 1987. After a long pause, and we'll get into what was going on in that pause. Don't mm-hmm. we know? She has a new album out right now called Revival. And she also hosts a podcast that Tressie is a big fan of and that I am getting to know <laughs> called Color Me Country, available on Apple Music. Yep. Color Me Country is amazing because it's part history lesson, part playlist, part really great storytelling. It explores how Black, Latinx, and Indigenous roots of country music have always been there, even though people try to say... It doesn't exist. Ain't that right, Reese? Yeah, no. They they like to. um, I remember when we first started talking about it. That's when the in the direct messages started coming. Like, why do you have to do this? Why do you have to make this all about color? Why does everything Mm -hmm. have to be about color? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a question that people love to ask, isn't it? It's fun. Why do you have to make this about race? Because they don't want their understanding of the world to be complicated. But like Tressie, I listened. I'm not as into country music as she is, but I used to be mm-hmm. because I'm from Nebraska. And, and I'm sorry, but there's just no way you can grow up in, especially the part of Nebraska I grew up in, uh, where you don't know or have a familiarity with country music. Like, yes, I, I'm going to go dance to Brooks and Dunn's Neon Moon now. Right. And, now, and I'll see you later. And I vaguely remember you hooking up at a country Western line dance I bar. Did. Do I not? I actually, there was a, there used to be, it actually unfortunately recently closed, but there used to be um, a gay bar there called The Q, and they would have a line dancing night <laughs> every weekend. <laughs> I met one of my exes there. <laughs> one, of the infamous, one of the infamous <laughs> exactly. exes. Yeah. Yes. And there are two black, I mean, we were two black lesbians dancing around. <laughs> line dancing. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, and listen, we can line dance because we have the electric slide. I was just and about the to other say, line we created so like, the line Do y'all dance. think we can't handle that? We got it. I was going to say, it's all just the electric slide. Like, thank it's, you. It, it is all There's, just the electric thank slide. You. There's only one line dance. Everything else is just an iteration of the electric slide. Right. I, don't, I don't know where people come from with this stuff. It's either the electric slide for people who can hear the bass line or for mm-hmm. people who cannot. <laughs> but those are the only two <laughs> iterations. All right. So, Reese, I love your show. You know this. Oh, thank uh, you. Yes. I really do. So tell us, how. why are you sitting around deciding to have a conversation that, according to most people, does not exist about country music? Well, it's a twofold thing. First of all, my girlfriend, Shelly, who was on the first episode, has for years been like, Reese, you need to do a show. You need to mm-hmm. do a show about this stuff because I'm tired of you talking about it when we're on the phone. And I finally just kind of got to the point last year after... Old Town Road came out and everybody uh-huh. and their, you know, all of the think pieces. And I got the horses in the back. Horse stock is attached. Head is mad at black. Got the boosters black to match. 
You know, I just thought it was an interesting hill that mm-hmm. country music decided to die on, at least in, in Billboard magazine, that they decided that they were going to draw the line with this particular song. But, you know, Tim McGraw and Nelly have been doing songs and like all this mm-hmm. other stuff. And then partnered with the fact that anytime anybody wrote anything, they only mentioned five black artists, five mm-hmm. artists of color, mm-hmm. period. And a lot of times I was left out of that conversation, which is fine. But like, I didn't like that they missed so many others that mm-hmm. I feel like if you just took 10 seconds to Google them, you would know that there was like a litany of other artists that were important. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I felt like if no one was going to do the research and if no one was going to have this conversation, then who better to do it than someone who's actually navigated those mm-hmm. waters. And so it just was supposed to be this thing where I was going to talk to like my friends and other artists that I knew in the business and then it kind of grew legs after that. So, yeah. yeah. Yes. And it does have legs. It does. Very yeah. cute brown legs. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> if we do say so ourselves. If we do say so ourselves. So let's, make a, let's talk a little bit about um, Lil Nas X, which who I love. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love. Um, I have mentioned to the audience that I've been working on a piece about Dolly Parton for a few months now. And as part of that, I've been interviewing people like around the industry and hands down, Everybody loves Little Nas X. Mm-hmm. Like the, a smile comes over their face when you when he comes up. They're like, I don't know what that child is going to do, but I'm just glad that they exist. You know, everybody is thrilled. But country music was not thrilled, and it was no. a moment for like how how progressive had we gotten in like popular culture where there's still an entire genre where you cannot talk about. And we're not talking complicated race stuff. We're talking 101. No. Like black people exist, kind of thing. <laughs> right, uh, there are black people here. Yeah. yeah. What did you make of the little Nas? Like, why did it resonate with people? What happened there? Well, first of all, it was one of those situations that country music couldn't stop, mm-hmm. and so I think that might have been part of the rub. Was that he completely circumvented? I mean, he he circumvented all the systems, like because he did mm-hmm. it through streaming, and. Yeah. So it didn't have anything to do with radio and like Nashville hates that because Uh Nashville is one of the last places where you can only break on radio. Like Casey Mm -hmm. Musgraves did it and there's a and Kane Brown did it in the very beginning. But it's Mm -hmm. one of the few places that you just can't get around it. Like you can't Mm -hmm. get around the gatekeepers. And so I'm sure that pissed off a lot of people. Uh And then I don't know. It's He's an interesting case because Cowboy Troy says way crazy. I mean, like, it's like he, (laughs) Cowboy Troy has been doing it for years Mm -hmm. and everybody was okay with that. I guess because of John Rich, like he had a, he had a handler, so to speak. So it was all good. (sighs) Yeah. But I think him being as outspoken as he is and not being quote unquote, like sanctioned Mm -hmm. by Nashville. Like he's not a Nashville artist. He wasn't making country rap before. Mm-hmm. Like he's kind of like an interloper. Mm-hmm. So that's Which is probably why I like it. Yeah. Right. And I'm sure that's why most people like it, honestly. Mm-hmm. Listen, if you're enjoying what you're hearing, join us over on Luminary, where you can hear the rest of this episode and all of our episodes by visiting luminary.link slash slay. That's luminary.link slash slay. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.